I'm not going to be put into a place where I don't talk about Jesus to people with mental health. I can't do that. No. Somebody's dealing with mental health, the first thing I'm going to talk about is what is your relationship with Christ? I know a lot of people is going to hate that. But we got to lay down that foundation. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, I'm back at the desk after what, like five or probably two months of being on my bed. It was just a vibe for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Sorry if this kind of like switches up, you know, the feng shui. But nevertheless, you know, back at the desk, I feel good. I don't know. I kind of missed the desk. But good morning. Hope you guys had an amazing week. Um... It is Monday. Let's see what today's date is. What is the 17th? October 17th. Um, yeah, it's it's a good day for me. It's a good day for me. I hope it's a great day for you. I don't know what your week was last week. I don't know what you're going through right now. Um, but I pray that God um, really show his love towards you and really, really shows his presence in a way that's just so noticeable to you this week. That's what I pray for you. But, um, man, we have the joy of the Lord. We have the joy of the Lord. So we're going to get to this episode, man. Before I get to this episode, we're going to be talking about mental health. I know this is a topic that, you know, a lot of people say the church doesn't talk about enough. Um, and I feel implored to talk about it then, if that's the case. Um, as of late, I've definitely been, um, I feel like God has been charging me to be more bold about my faith. Um, to talk about things that I probably before wouldn't be as comfortable talking about. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, man, we live in a generation where everybody's being bold about their faith. I'm sorry, bold about their identity, bold about their political views, um, bold about their faith, bold about their political views, bold about their identity. And we children of God are not going to be bold, man. We got to be bold, too, yo. We got to be even bolder because we know we got God on our side. Um, So before I get into this whole topic about mental health, I want to say this. If you are a Christian therapist or you know a Christian therapist... I want you to, I want to get connected. Um, I don't know a lot about therapy. I will say I try to go to therapy once uh, during college. I was going like I was stressed out, but like they try to make me wait like two weeks. And like by that time, I wasn't even sad no more. So it was what it was. But nevertheless, um, if you are a Christian therapist, I want to get in touch with Christian therapists um, and see how maybe, you know what I'm saying, uh, maybe unassociated could work with you guys because, you know, we're going to be talking about mental health. We're going into winter, which is a great holiday time, great family time. But at the same time, we do know that people have seasonal depression. Um, so make sure you keep those people in your prayers. Um, and even more so is kind of what we're going to be talking about today is also being that person that is there for those people, man. Um, you know, asking God what role that you ought to play in other people's lives in order to help their mental health and, you know, make sure that they're not lonely, so on and so forth. So we're going to get to this episode, man. Um, the other thing is I'm also planning, uh, and I'm going to like confirm this with the board. I want us, I mean, we've already talked about doing a prayer and fasting, but I think that's going to be, um, like next month, the first Monday of next month, you guys know, we do our Bible study. Shout out to everybody who came out last week. Um, we do our Bible studies first Monday of every month. So I want to do that. We're probably gonna do a prayer and fasting this, this, uh, excuse me, this next time around, but you'll hear more about that. I should have more news about that next week and then we'll post about it as well. Excuse me. But 
Nevertheless, I'm happy to be behind this mic. I'm blessed. I'm privileged. And we're going to get into it. The reason why I wanted to talk about Jesus and mental health is because I think that there's a really big conversation around this. And um, yeah, like I, 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 I never want us to be fearful of injecting Jesus into every conversation that there is on this earth because every Jesus is relevant everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. And um, there was this TikTok that I came across where this guy was talking about how like he was very lonely and like how that was impacting his mental health. And in the comment section, I saw everyone giving different type of advice, which was really cool. It was very loving. You know, people were giving him practical advice on doing this and doing that and, you know, being that person to talk to other people and make friends, so on and so forth. And it was go it was dope. It was good. It was good. Like, you know, it was good energy, all that different stuff. But then you know, somebody said, hey, you know, Jesus is the best friend that you can have. Like, get to know Jesus. Woody, woody, woo. And people got mad. Literally, people were so mad that somebody said something about Jesus. And let me just say this, man. I know I do my fair share of rants, but bear with me. Bear with me just for this second. This is not where I'm going with the whole episode. But it is something that I have to say. And it's something that I'm sick of. And I'm not going to sit and act like it's not happening. People hate Christianity exclusively. And the part that frustrates me is that they think that they're justified in their hatred. They think that we're the hateful group of people. Apparently, they've met every Christian of every race, of every ethnicity around the world. And they think that we are some entire group that oppresses other people. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I know that there are people who say that they believe in Jesus Christ and do terrible things in the name of Jesus Christ. I, I, will, not, I will not act like that doesn't exist. But I know that there are true believers that follow Jesus Christ and exhibit the fruits of the spirit. But this generation, specifically here in America, this liberal young group of people have hatred for the Lord, have hatred for Jesus, have hatred for Christianity specifically, and they're hypocrites. And I have to say, I have to be real about that because I'm tired of seeing it. No disrespect to any other religion. No disrespect to any other religion, no, no disrespect to Islam, but I think Islam is a perfect example of how hypocritical and inconsistent a young generation of hateful people towards God are. Literally, like, they'll say that Christianity is, oh, there's no, there's no, they always say, there's no hate, like, Christian love, and Christians are always hating, and da-da-da-da-da. But it's like, what's so interesting to me is that they'll take an example of, like, you know, Christians don't agree with them on gay marriage or Christians don't agree with them on abortion. They don't be like, all Christians are hateful, so on and so forth. Sorry, that was my emails. <laughs> They'll say that all Christians are hateful. And then in the same breath, bro, like especially I grew up, you know, early 2000. I'm, well, I was born in 1998, right? And then, you know, when I was a preteen and teenager, it was early 2010s and so on and so forth. When I tell you like, Islamic terrorism was running rampant. Like, it was scary. People were scared to go outside at this time, right? Of course, you had 9-11 when we were kids, and then you had, like, you know, Boston bombs, all that different stuff going on. Around the world, Islamic terrorism was at an all-time high almost. And what's so interesting to me is that the conversation was, like, amongst my generation was to combat the people who were Islamophobic. Hey, you know, like... 
yeah, there's Islamic terrorists, but we're able to recognize that not all Muslims are like that. There are Muslims that are really dope people and don't treat all Muslims like the Islamic terrorists because those are two different things. They were able to distinguish Islamic terrorism, or Islamic extremism from the layman Muslim. And they said, don't, don't bash the religion. Respect all beliefs, respect religion, so on and so forth. Those people are wrong, but don't disrespect this large group of people who just believe in the religion. They were able to see the difference between the extremists, the terrorists, and the people who actually followed this belief in a peaceful way. But when it comes to Christianity, there is no distinguishing for them. They see a Christian do something bad. They see a person of some type of authority, a Christian leader, do something bad. And they want so desperately to destroy the entire faith that they don't even know a lick about. They don't know a lick about. They want to bash Christianity. Anytime you mention Jesus' name, it's no respect between, oh, the people who are extremists or terrorists and then the people who are just your common Christians who are actually loving and following Jesus' teachings. No, 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 no. All of it, the entire faith is bad. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to tolerate it. People are hateful and they think that they're justified. And there's nothing more dangerous than the hateful person that thinks that they're justified. Repent. Hypocrite. Repent. But nevertheless, I digress. I'll, I will say this, man. Like, I'm a little amped up. But, you know, at the end of the day, we know that this is the case. We know that this is what we're what we signed up for it. We know that it's only going to get worse from here. And all I can do is I pray that you guys grow that thick skin, man, because it's only going to get worse. And I'm a little hot right now, but at the end of the day, I'm going to have to say, I love you and pray that the father forgives them. Because look, you know, apostle Paul was a persecutor of the church. And then look what, look what God used him for when he turned them around. So I'm mad, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I know, we got to pray for him. But nevertheless, I'm in the comments and everybody's mad that she mentioned Jesus whenever they're talking about mental health. Um, and then there was this one woman that had responded to me because I asked, why are you guys so mad when we talk about Jesus? And she said two things. And this is where I'm going to branch off into the beef of this episode, what we're talking about today. She said two things that I want to um, talk about. The first thing she said was that the person in the video who was talking about how lonely they were and their mental health, she said, the person doesn't need Jesus, they need human connection. That's the first thing she said. And the second thing she said was that Jesus doesn't work. Saying Jesus is a friend in response to mental health or whatever it might be is lazy and disingenuous. That's what she said. Now I presented my own argument. Um, she didn't respond after my argument, but nevertheless, people got things to do. But I decided to do a whole podcast episode on it. So let's get into the first thing that she said. The first thing that she said was that Jesus, that people don't need Jesus. They need human connection. So let's get one thing straight, man. Let, 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 let's really get to the nitty gritty. I understand why people to a degree, might feel a little upset when they first hear somebody say, talk about Jesus in response to mental health, right? It's because you've had a lot of people in 
I would say older generations of the church who rather than talking about, you know, being that person of human connection, being that blessing to another person, being more hands on with helping somebody get out of certain problems and deal with their mental health. They just say pray or they just say Jesus is the answer. I can acknowledge that I can acknowledge how. It's not even exclusive to the church how older generations don't really know how to even talk about mental health, let alone if they even know what mental health is. It's not something exclusive to the church. It's something that all like across the board, you see it in older generations. It's just that in the church, a lot of people, because they don't know anything about this stuff, they would just say, go to Jesus and they would just say, pray about it. Right. And for a lot of people especially if you don't know how to pray. And if you don't know Jesus, that means absolutely nothing to you, right? Without somebody being there to hold your hand and to help you and to be there with you, to pray with you, to to help you get whatever type of help or practical help that you need, whatever it might be, um, we would kind of use the go ahead and pray and you know talk to Jesus about it as a cop-out of actually being more hands-on with that person. I can acknowledge that, and that's something that needs to change, and it's something that I'll expand on later in the episode. But do understand something. Everybody needs Jesus. And do understand something. Don't ever get mad when my response to somebody with mental health is to tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I tell someone that Jesus is the answer, when I tell someone about the gospel message in response to them talking to me about mental health, I'm not saying don't go to therapy. I'm not saying don't take medicine. I'm not saying don't do anything for, you know, have practical actions that you can take in order to get help. I'm not saying none of that. But do understand that before you build the house, you have to build the foundation. Because someone like me who has lived a lot of life and have had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, I'm concerned when the therapy doesn't work because sometimes it doesn't. And I'm concerned with when um, the medicine doesn't work because sometimes it doesn't. And I'm concerned with when the practical things you've done in order to get out of this ditch doesn't work because sometimes it doesn't. And the reality is, Jesus is that rock at the bottom when you hit rock bottom. When I tell somebody that's dealing with mental health about Jesus, I'm not saying don't do anything practical. Don't look into, you know, certain medicine or whatever it might be that you need. Let the spirit lead you in that in that regard. But I am going to tell you about Jesus and it's important for me to tell you about Jesus because when if those things do not give you anything that's truly sustaining the truth that you can rely on, if those things, even if they make you feel happy and they make you feel better, so on and so forth, but the foundation, if the foundation is not there, everything is going to be wobbly, man. And in some cases, it's all going to fall apart. Everyone needs Jesus and everyone needs Jesus as their foundation. Jesus is the one that we are supposed to rely on fully. Jesus is the one that we're supposed to put in front of everything. That's not to say other things are not important, but that is to state the fact that he's the foundation of it all. It's not sinful to go and 
to therapy or to do the medicine or to do all that different stuff. It's not sinful to do all those different things. I would say don't idolize those things. God deserves the glory in every regard because my thing is, you know, a lot of people see it where it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's either Jesus heals me miraculously or I take medicine. But what if the blessing is that God has given you health care? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, why can't that be the blessing? Like, should we not thank God for health care? Of course, we're going to thank God if we have health care, because we understand that that's not a given. A lot of people in the world don't have it. So you that has it, you that is in a blessed and privileged position to have it, shouldn't have it, shouldn't use it because you're waiting on a miraculous healing. Who's to say that's not the miracle? Who's to say that's not the thing that you should give thanks um, to God for? You know, growing up, I had very bad asthma. And I'll never forget when um, I went to Nigeria. I've been to Nigeria once in my life when I was six. And um, literally, like, I had a bad asthma flare in Nigeria. It was very bad. It never got that bad in my entire life. It was so bad. I had to go to the hospital. I had They had, like, a little IV in me. And they gave me like this, uh, like it's called like Qvar. It's like a different type of inhaler. It's a strong kind, like a different type of inhaler. And like, I was thanking God, and as a family, we thanked God because we got the medical help that we needed. It didn't have to be that we gather around and we just say, you know, God heal this person. You know, heal Emmanuel, little Emmanuel. Could God have done that? Sure. But at the same time, it's like going to the hospital wasn't a sin. We had access to go to the hospital. Getting the IV attached to me, getting an inhaler is not a sin. How is that a sin? We had access to it. That is a blessing. So do understand that when someone tells you about Jesus in response to your mental health, it's not to be don't take the opportunities that are presented to you. How do you know that God didn't present to you that opportunity? Nevertheless, it's so important for us to tell people who are struggling with mental health about Jesus because the fruits of the spirit is joy. The fruits of the spirit is peace. We can bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. I've seen Jesus change my mental health. Have I always been this person that I am today? No. I've dealt with social anxiety. I've dealt with super bad insecurities. I've dealt with um anxiety for the future like just straight up like waking up in the morning it would just be really tough it'd be really tough i i feel so anxious in the morning just in the morning i've dealt with intrusive thoughts and i've seen how god has helped me period someone can't tell me that jesus doesn't work someone can't tell me that people don't need jesus you're lonely. I'm not going to say don't go out and get friends, but I'm also going to tell you that Jesus is a friend. You know why? Because I know friends and I know that sometimes friends can betray you and sometimes friends can mistreat you. I know that sometimes friends can can leave you. But the Bible says in Psalms 27 verse 10 it says, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. You see, Jesus is that firm foundation. I love that Maverick City song, by the way. He's our firm foundation. So when I tell somebody that's dealing with mental health, I want you to know Jesus. I'm not trying to push you off to the side so I don't have to deal with you. No, 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 no. It's important for us to tell people dealing with any struggle about Jesus, even if it seems like that's the most irrelevant thing. 
Because at the end of the day, that is the thing that matters the most in life. And it can improve anyone's life. Anyone. Whether that problem is mental, physical, or spiritual, my God is a healer. And the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth very much. God is a miracle worker. He's the one that makes a way out of no way. And he's a solution, man. Taking practical steps is not anti-Christian. I would say it becomes against God when you glorify these practical steps over God. Is when I glorify the medicine rather than giving God the glory for having access to the medicine and giving God the glory for giving people the wisdom to even create the medicine. God deserves all the glory, ladies and gentlemen. He deserves all the glory, man. Because there are people who have used the medicine. There are people who have gone to the therapy. There are people who have done the practical steps. There are people who have gone out to do friends. And even they're even more lonely and they're even more depressed than they were before. And Jesus is the answer and every answer should point you every every other thing that you do the whether it's practical steps of the therapy or whether it's the medicine whatever it might be i pray that it all points you back to jesus because he's the true one that's going to sustain you he's the true one that's going to establish the truth on which you can stand on i don't want you know us to think that you know doing the therapy and the practical steps and the medicine is betraying jesus no it's not it's not betraying Jesus. If God has given you access to such thing, God has blessed you with a good therapist, so on and so forth. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Maybe someone can change my mind. I don't think that it's wrong. But here's what I will tell you. Is that don't get it twisted and think that the glory belongs to the therapist. Don't get it twisted and think that the glory belongs to the medicine. Don't get it twisted and think that the glory belongs to the practical steps. Because tell me what has helped you in your life, and I will tell you how that ties back to the Lord. All the glory belongs to the King of Kings. That medicine helped you. Thank God for giving you access to that medicine. And thank God for the people who, who for giving the people wisdom who made that medicine. The therapist helped you. Thank God for putting the words in the therapist's mouth that would bless you. Maybe that person isn't even a believer, but God still used them. All the glory belongs to God, whether people like it or not, whether people are believers or not, whatever it might be. And that's where we need to be careful. That's where we need to pay attention. All the glory belongs to him. God has used non-believers to bring blessings to believers since the beginning of time. So do understand that that's where the glory belongs to. The other thing that this woman said was that Jesus doesn't work. I didn't like that at all. She said that Jesus doesn't work. She said that saying Jesus is a friend is lazy and disingenuous. That's what she said. I didn't like that at all. You know, people say Jesus doesn't work. Jesus doesn't work. Especially when we talk about mental health, we don't want to talk about Jesus because people will say that, oh, you're just, you know, you're not being realistic, whatever it might be. People say Jesus doesn't work. Is Jesus a McDonald's ice cream machine that he doesn't work? We're talking about a person here, ladies and gentlemen. Just because Jesus doesn't do exactly what you want him to do when you want him to do it does not mean that he doesn't work. Haven't you asked your parents for something when you were little? 
you ask your parents for something hey can i have this hey can i have that and then sometimes they gave it to you sometimes they didn't give it to you based on a number of reasons that are probably independent from why the reason you asked does that mean that they weren't real does that mean that they didn't work or does that mean that there are people who can also make the decisions based on the information the knowledge that they have right and God is the same way because he's a person. When I tell you to pray, I'm not telling you that everything that you're going to get, you're going to automatically receive. I know the Bible says asking you shall receive, but then keep on reading. There's implications in that. And albeit, if God doesn't want to do something, he's not going to do it. Who are you? It's, we're even privileged that he hears us. You know, uh, I, think, I believe it's Isaiah 59 verse 1. It says, is God's hand too short to save? Is his ear too heavy to, e to hear? Like, he hears us and he can save us. I don't know why all the time he might wait. I don't know why all the, t all the time he might say not now or no. But nevertheless, someone can't tell me that he doesn't work. I know what I've been through. I know what I've come through. I know how long I've had to pray in order to get deliverance for certain things. Yeah, I know how long. Excuse me. I know how long I've had to pray. I know how long it took for me to get delivered from my addiction. I was addicted. This didn't have, didn't have nothing to do with mental health, but I was addicted to the porn. I was addicted to the masturbation. That's a very serious thing, especially in our generation. For 11 years, I dealt with that. 11 years. 11 years. If I stopped praying and if I stopped asking God to help me and deliver me from this addiction in year three, I would tell you Jesus doesn't work. If I stop praying in year six, I would tell you Jesus doesn't work. If I stopped praying in year nine, I would have told you Jesus doesn't work. For some reason, it wasn't until year 11 that God delivered me from that addiction. 11. So look, I can tell you that sometimes God takes time. I can tell you that sometimes I don't understand why he takes time. But I can't tell you that he don't work because I've seen him work. I can't tell you why he chooses to heal some and not heal others. I can't tell you that. But I can't say that he doesn't work. But here's the part of the episode where I want to talk about our accountability, how we have to take some accountability as a church. A lot of people, they, they, they are repulsed when you talk about Jesus, when we talk about mental health. And the reason why is because they went to the church, they went to a Christian, whatever it might be, and all the Christian told them was to pray. But even did we actually pray for them, you know? The Christian told them Jesus is the answer, but did we even talk to them about the gospel? How is Jesus the answer? And there are some of us that say Jesus is the answer, and we say pray, and we use it as a cop-out to not be hands-on with that experience that Jesus wants to bring them through. And we should be ashamed of that. And ultimately, now there's a generation of people who think that Jesus doesn't work. And the reason why they think that is because we, the church, hasn't been working. We haven't been working. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that prayer is not enough. Please listen. I'm not saying that prayer is not enough. 
But I need us to also, as we're telling these people to pray, we need to pray. And when we pray, it's not just about praying for this person's deliverance and praying for this person's healing, but it's also being open to the fact that maybe we are the answered prayer for that person. Which means we got to be hands on. James chapter 2, verse 14 and 17 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, by itself, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied with, by action, is dead. Here James was talking about faith. You know, faith without works is dead. We're familiar with that. But I love the example that he that he used because I think it illuminates how the life of a Christian is supposed to look. In no way, shape, or form are we saying that prayer doesn't work or prayer doesn't matter. Prayer isn't as powerful. I'm not saying that. But alongside praying for these people, we also need to pray and ask God, what is the role that you want me to play for this person? And we need to be open to being used by God to help that person. Because we could be telling somebody, hey, pray and talk to God about it. How many, do they even have a Bible so we're telling them to read the Bible more? Do they even know what the gospel message is, but we're telling them to go and find Jesus? Do they even know how to pray? You'd be surprised how many people don't know how to pray, yet we're telling them to go and pray. Go and teach them. Go and start doing weekly Bible studies with them. Go and set up weekly fasting and prayer with them. Go and invite them to church. Oh, they don't want to come to church? Okay, let's go to their house. Let's go to their dorm. Oh, they're feeling sad. They don't want to be around anybody. Try to help. Oh, they don't feel like getting out of bed. They have a whole bunch of things to do. Even help them do the things. Be that friend. Be the person they can talk to. And be praying the entire time. Just don't act as if maybe God doesn't want to use you in that person's life to be hands-on, man. Sometimes we got to be hands-on. Sometimes you got to be hands-off. That's a real thing, too. Sometimes you got to be hands-on, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus works. He works on mental health, too. He works on spiritual health, too, and he works on physical health, too. The non-believer will say that Jesus is irrelevant in that. Maybe it's the fact that they asked Jesus for healing, maybe for a relative or maybe for themselves and they haven't gotten it. To the non-believer, I'll tell you to keep on holding on. And to the believer, I would say, go and hold on with that person. Go and encourage that person. Go and help that person. I'm not going to be put into a place where I don't talk about Jesus to people with mental health. I can't do that. No. Somebody's dealing with mental health, the first thing I'm going to talk about is what is your relationship with Christ? I know a lot of people is going to hate that. But we got to lay down that foundation. And the reason why I have to do that is because I have seen, I have my testimony, and I know what Jesus can do. 
I have seen the fruits of the spirit. I know what it looks like to wake up in the morning and not want to get out of bed because you're so anxious for God knows what. And then I also know what it feels like to wake up in the morning and for no reason you have this joy in your heart. I know I have my testimony. I have my testimony. I didn't say don't go to therapy. I didn't say don't take medicine. I didn't say there's no practical steps to that. Of course, there are practical steps. But what I am saying is that Jesus is the foundation of it all. My mom always says something. No Jesus, no life. That's probably going to be one of the prayer points that we have on our prayer and fasting together, guys. We're going to be praying for the mental and spiritual health of people because sometimes this stuff is not even mental. It's spiritual. I know people don't people don't people don't people don't want to talk about the spiritual stuff. Right. People don't want to talk about it. That's fine. They don't have to talk about it. But I know when the medicine doesn't work because sometimes it doesn't. And I've seen people still healed. <sighs> so look, man. If you if you are dealing with mental health issues, man, um, I think the unassociated is going to take the initiative and make sure that we can gather. We're going to do our research. We're going to brainstorm. And as a team, we're going to gather certain resources. If you're a Christian therapist, please reach out to me. I'm serious. Um, seasonal depression is a real thing, um, and we want to get in front of that. Um, but we're going to gather resources and see how we can offer more practical help. And also, let me say this, man. Some of you guys have already used this um, used this feature or this 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 access. But I want to, I want to say it again. My our Instagram is un underscore associated. You can hit us up. We will talk to you. Like legit, you need prayer, you need advice, hit us up. You would not be the first person. Hit me up. Mind you, okay, I'm not the best texter. But I will respond to your DM. That's just a fact. If you need to set that up. Like I've I've done Google Meet one on ones with people. I'm not a therapist, but I'm a brother in Christ. And if you need a friend, and if you need someone who can encourage you in the spirit, I am here, man. Y'all don't understand that God created the church for a reason, and one of those reasons, man, is because we need each other. You're not supposed to be going through what you're going through alone, bro. No. Like, a lot of us, we don't even go to church anymore. Like, I w please get plugged in with a church, a good church. Get plugged in. You need it. You need it. It's not a matter of, oh, I, I don't need to go to church. No, no, you need it, bro. You do need it. Maybe not for salvation, but maybe for sanity. Yeah, you do. You do. So, man, you know. I pray that, you know, I feel like people are going to, like, feel some type of way. 
about some of the things I said in this episode, but I don't care. I'm not going to stop talking about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, man. In Jesus, I have joy. In Jesus, I have joy in chaos. In Jesus, I have peace that surpasses all understanding. I have witnessed it. And I want that for everyone listening. And I want that for everyone that's dealing with mental health, man. So let's go. Let's go be the answered prayers. Let's go help these people. Let's go help these people, our brothers and sisters even, that are suffering from mental health. Let's go. That's the charge. Find someone who needs it and be their prayer partner, be their fasting partner, be their friend that can listen to them. But all right, man. (laughs) (sighs) All right. I'm going to let y'all go. I love y'all. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate y'all taking out the time for this episode. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you so much for your love. Father, I'm praying for everyone that is dealing with some serious mental health issues, Lord, that you bless them in ways that they never thought that they could be blessed, oh God, that they see your power, even though people have been telling them that you don't work, that prayer don't work, oh God, they will see your power, Lord. Father, whatever it is that your spirit leads them to do, whether it's therapy, whether it's medicine, whether it's whatever it might be, go before them in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, and Father, deliver unto them their healing, deliver them out of the pits that they're in in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Father, they will be victors and not victims, oh God. They will not fall victim to the thoughts, they will not fall victim lord jesus to the to the anything lord jesus but they this is going to be a part of their testimony lord they will not die here they will not die here oh god but they shall live to see the day where they have conquered because there are more than the conquerors in christ excuse me they have conquered the mental battle lord jesus so be with the mentally physically spiritually lord let your healing power rain down on your children lord as we pray to you oh god In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And be with us as a church, Lord, to be more hands-on and not to be scared to be hands-on, oh God. To be the answered prayer, Lord. To be the friend. To be the companion, Lord. To be the person they can listen to. To be the person that can encourage them, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. You guys have an amazing week. Um, I'll I'll let you guys know more about the whole prayer and fasting thing. And, uh, yeah. Peace. Thanks for watching another episode of Church Boy Confessions. Church Boy Confessions is powered by Unassociated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to building a global community of youth on love, identity in Christ, authenticity, and truth. If you feel led, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Unassociated Ministry at www.unassociated.com/donate. God bless.